The views and opinions of today's broadcast is not necessarily the views or opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning, and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you so much, and good morning. Today is Sunday, April 25th, 2021, and here are the topics that will be discussed this morning right here on the serious side of the Jay Rao Show. Members of the jury, I will now read the verdicts as they will appear in the permanent records of the 4th Judicial District. We, the jury, in the above-entitled matter as to count one, unintentional second-degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.44 p.m. The video is hard to watch as the moments leading up to the death of 13-year-old Adam Toledo at the hands of a Chicago police officer unfold. Y'all see the difference? This is a taser. This is a taser. But no, my nephew was killed with this. A Glock. The Columbus Police Department released this video quickly, they say, in an effort to be transparent. It shows a police officer shooting and killing 15-year-old Micaiah Bryant. We have to ask ourselves, what information did the officer have? And what would have happened if he had taken no action at all? Online radio at its best. Good morning, Lord. Thank you for a new day. Thank you that your compassion is renewed every morning. Great is your faithfulness and your steadfast love, O Lord. I don't know what all is going to happen today and how much I'll get done, but you do. So I give this day to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, Father. Energize me for your work, because you know how tired these bones are. Awaken me to the wonder of your salvation, and quicken my spirit to the reality of your work in my life. Lord, my mind is filled with creative ideas, but they're all jumbled. Holy Spirit, come and hover over my mind like you hovered over the waters at creation and speak order out of the chaos. Help me to cease striving and to trust that you will give me all I need today to do the work you've given me to do. You will be faithful to complete the good work you've started. And as I step out into my day, I declare your sovereignty over every area of my life. I entrust myself to you and ask that you use me however you see fit. This day is yours. My body is yours. My mind is yours. Everything I am is yours. 
May you be pleased with me today. Amen. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. As you can see, we have a lot to discuss this morning, and uh, let me introduce you to the principals that will be involved in that conversation. Miss Vanessa Mae Bell is in the house. She hangs out with Trumpsters, watches MSNBC and Fox News and CNN, so you don't have to. My main man, Mr. Johnny D, is in the place to be. The educated brother from the Carolinas. And the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S is in the house as well. Good morning, good morning to one, good morning to all. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you doing on this beautiful Sunday morning? Ooh, Jay, if I tell you it is a beautiful day in Texas, I am glinting. Do you hear me? It's one of them pretty fishing days, but I'm going to church, so it's all good. And I absolutely love your prayer coming into the segment because you know what? Prayer starting off is what everything should be about. Prayer first. Prayer first. I love it. You're absolutely correct, and I think we're going to need plenty of prayer for this morning's show. Johnny D is Uh in the place to be. Good morning, John. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, good morning to all. Uh, Jay, I, I will tell you, uh, I'm just continuously enamored and amazed at the evolution of the show. Uh, I, I, I do understand that that not everyone is, is God-fearing and uh, may not appreciate that, that prayer and that thought, but it, it took me to a moment of, of just simply um, acknowledging you know, the Father who gave us life this morning and an opportunity to, to serve his purpose and do his will. So I that caught me off guard. But um, if I'm ever get caught off guard, I'd rather for it to be in that manner. So, again, thank you. Thank you to Miss Vanessa, Les, and Jerome, and Dr. Williams, and all the others who are contributors on the show, and for those individuals who allow us an opportunity to come into their homes. Uh, I'm going to have to take a moment and, and reflect on that uh, powerful, powerful, powerful opening. Thank you so much, Johnny Dan. I think, listen, first of all, this is our show. And, uh, you know, I always tell people, if you don't like what we do, change the channel. Uh, I think prayer is important, and we will start our shows off with a little bit of prayer every every Sunday. And I think that will guide us through what we need to do. You can believe in what you want to believe in, but we believe in the power of prayer. We are Christians, and at the end of the day, we're going to express that. Don't like it, change the channel. Mr. Elias is in the house. Good morning, Mr. Elias. How are you, sir? I'm well. Good morning to you as well, sir. Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Rich Sister. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, uh, Marianne Music. Good morning, Momo B. Good morning, my brother Hawk. And good morning, my brother Jerome. My main man, speaking of uh, Rich Sister, Jackie is in the house. Let's go ahead and bring her in as well. Jackie, good morning. Looks like she's starting off early. What's going on, Jackie? Good morning. Welcome in. Good morning, everyone. Glad to be here. God be the glory. I was feeling that prayer as well. So, loving it. Good morning, Jackie. Good morning. Thank you. Thank good you. Morning, Thank you good so morning. much. All right. 
You know, this this is the time of the show where we talk about taking personal privilege, uh, just to catch up a little bit. We have a few minutes. Mr. Elliott, since you can hear in the background, we're playing some music. Yes, man, guess what happened this week, brother? Wow. Digital Shock, Underground. Yeah, Shock G died, man, from Digital Underground, man, yeah. The Humpty Hump, man, yeah. Do we know what happened to him? No, nobody has said anything yet. They haven't released any statements of what happened or anything, but they just said he passed on, man. At 57 yeah, years old, brother. Yeah, 57. Wow, he, he passed away in his hotel room. Wow, and no one knows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it seems that there were there was no trauma involved. So, you know, we're, we're just going to have to assume, and I hate to use that word, but it looks like it's going to be of natural causes and more than likely probably a heart attack. That's just sad, but we'll see. Uh, we don't want to be uh, irresponsible in putting out wrong information. Also, Walter Mondale passed away Johnny D uh, this week as well. I didn't realize this man was so influential until some of the, you know, you start watching some of the specials pertaining to him, but uh, what a loss to America, and um, you know, he was a good man. Mm-hmm. A- absolutely, absolutely. Uh, like I say, <laughs> certainly not like the uh, other gentleman out of Minnesota. <laughs> Quail, so uh, difference in philosophy, difference in and leadership, and to be quite honest, probably carried Jimmy Carter through through some of the troubling times. Uh, although that was the first person I ever worked with, uh, campaign uh, got all the kids from the projects to pass out flyers to vote for Jimmy Carter. So I've been in the struggle for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we have a lot to get into. Uh, as you can see, a lot to talk about this morning. Uh, wow. It's just an action-packed, jam-packed show. Uh, we have an interview coming up a little later on as well with a retired uh, Houston police uh, officer. She'll be here to give her perspective on law enforcement and some of the things that we're facing. So it's going to be an action-packed show, a lot to get into. We appreciate you hanging out. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is that calling number three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right, look, like I said, a lot to get into. So without any further ado, let's wrap this up and let's get into an NPR news update. And then after that, we'll kick this show off. Welcome in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is the serious side of the J. Rowe Show. We'll be right back after this. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Amy Held. At least 82 people are dead and more than 100 injured in Baghdad after a fire broke out in an ICU tending to the sickest coronavirus patients. NPR's Ruth Sherlock reports many of the dead had been on ventilators. The fire at Ibn Khatib Hospital in Baghdad is said to have started when a faulty oxygen cylinder exploded. Witnesses describe a ball of flames ripping through a pulmonary ICU ward that had been reserved for COVID-19 patients. Videos from the scene show people climbing out of windows in a desperate attempt to escape. Visiting relatives on the ward scrambled to try to save loved ones, but for many of the patients connected to ventilators, it was impossible to move. Iraq's Prime Minister, Mustafa al-Qadimi, has ordered an investigation into the incident and says this was the result of negligence. Already ruined by decades of war, sanctions and mismanagement, the pandemic has further crippled Iraq's healthcare system with acute shortages of staff and medical equipment. Ruth Sherlock, NPR News, Beirut. 
Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccinations are picking up pace around the U.S. this weekend after federal officials ended a suspension. Emily Murray got her shot outside Detroit. It's really just a personal decision and you have to decide if the risk is worth it to you. An updated fact sheet warns of very rare but serious blood clot symptoms, a condition that had been found in more than a dozen women. Canada's hospital system is seeing a surge of COVID cases. In Ontario, where ICUs are already at their limits, newly discovered cases of the Indian variant are causing concern. Dan Karpinchuk reports from Toronto. Canada's Chief Public Health Officer, Teresa Tam, says there was a 20% increase in hospitalizations and admissions to intensive care units over one week. Over the same period, she says there was a modest decline in infections. Tam says coronavirus activity is still high, driven by the more contagious variants of concern, but there is room for cautious optimism because tougher restrictions are having an impact. However, Ontario's Premier Doug Ford is calling for even tighter border restrictions after health officials in that province reported 36 confirmed cases of the B1617 variant that was first detected in India. Ford says he's extremely concerned about this variant. India recorded more than a million cases of COVID-19 over the past three days. For NPR News, I'm Dan Karpinchuk in Toronto. A North Carolina sheriff whose deputies shot and killed a black man last week says he'll ask a court to release body camera footage as soon as tomorrow. But the State Bureau of Investigation must first decide if releasing the video would hurt the probe into the shooting. Protesters are calling for the release of the footage after police killed 42-year-old Andrew Brown Jr. on Wednesday while serving a warrant in Elizabeth City. Several sheriff's deputies have resigned. You're listening to NPR News. America is starting to breathe again. A decent man as president, a plan to protect us. It feels almost normal, but it's not. Republicans still will not admit that President Biden was legally elected, which means they don't believe in democracy. They believe an election is only legitimate if they win. That's not democracy. Their plan? Pass voter suppression bills to block minorities from voting. Take back Congress. Impeach President Biden. We refuse. We refuse to accept the end of the American experiment. We refuse to allow anti-democratic autocrats to steal our country. We choose to fight. And we will not lose. Join us. Members of the jury, I will now read the verdicts as they will appear in the permanent records of the 4th Judicial District. State of Minnesota, County of Penapin, District Court, 4th Judicial District. State of Minnesota Plaintiff versus Derek Michael Chauvin, Defendant. Verdict, Count 1. Court File Number 27, CR 20-12646. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to Count 1, unintentional second-degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.44 p.m. Signed, juror four-person, juror number 19. Same caption, verdict count two. We, the jury, in the above-entitled matter as to count two, third-degree murder, perpetrating an eminently dangerous act, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.45 p.m. 
signed by jury four-person juror number 19. Same caption, verdict count three. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count three, second-degree manslaughter, culpable negligence, creating an unreasonable risk, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.45 p.m. Jury four-person 019. Welcome back in, 347-850-1272. It's the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. The former Minneapolis police officer who knelt on George Floyd's neck for more than nine minutes last year was found guilty Tuesday of all three charges against him in one of the most consequential trials of the Black Lives Matter era. Derek Chauvin, 45, was convicted of second-degree unintentional murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. The jurors deliberated for more than 10 hours over two days before coming to their decision. Chauvin had no apparent reaction to the guilty verdict. Afterward, his bail was revoked. He was placed in handcuffs and removed from the court through a side door. He was taken to a facility in Stillwater, Minnesota, about 25 miles east of downtown Minneapolis. And that's where we're going to get started. You know, last week we were not on the air because we had some technical difficulties. But if you've been listening to the show, you know every week I would ask my colleagues, after, you know, a few days of testimony, what did they think the outcome of the trial would be? And I wanted to get my colleagues on record one last time before this past week's uh, 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 situation, this past week's verdict. But unfortunately, we couldn't. But now that the verdict's been served, let me start the conversation there. Mr. Elias, give me your thoughts. What do you think? Well, I was pleasantly surprised that he got uh, charged on all three accounts, but I'm still reserved on him getting a slap on the wrist. Like I've always said. Okay, and for those who may be tuning in for the first time, why don't you define what a slap on the wrist means in your world? Uh, between five to, well, with, with, with all three counts, between five to five to ten years is what I think he'll get. Same thing that okay. guy in Laquan McDonald's case got. He, he was he was found guilty too, and they, and they left it up to the judge, and the judge gave him. Like I've been saying all along, a slap on the wrist. I still believe that. Okay. All right. Well, fair enough. All right, Johnny D, let me go to you on this. Uh, your thoughts uh, on uh, the verdict? I, I feel like the verdict was, well, put it this way, there's, there's never going to be any justice when someone is, is, is killed at the hands of law enforcement. There's, there's never any justice because it corrodes public trust, um, and it just does more damage to the community and the relationship between those who protect the community and those in which we serve. So there, there's never going to be any justice. But the, the sentencing of, of that, that, that criminal who, who murdered George Floyd, um, I'm not surprised at the verdict. Uh, as, as I said, um, the video in and of itself does not always uh, result in, in a conviction or the sentiment of, of the jury or the judge, if it's the judge, 
trial by, by judge, but when you think about the testimony from those that the prosecution uh, brought before the court, uh, it was systematic, uh, it was orderly, it wasn't overambitious, and it was the truth. So if, you know, if I heard, I've heard some of the, the correspondents say, just believe what your eyes saw, and that, you know, and of course the verdict uh, indicated that, you know, of course the sentencing will probably come and disappoint um, uh, some of the citizens. Uh, you know, I don't think that he's going to get uh, the maximum on all of those charges. So be tempered in the expectations in regards to that. But, again, there's, there's no justice whenever you have, you know, such a vile act committed, um, you know, in any community, let alone on camera so the world can see. And with such arrogance, um, you think about due process, it took less than a year, which is in and of itself uh, an accomplishment. And just the overwhelming integrity that the law enforcement and the EMS officials, the 911 operator, those citizens who, who, who videoed it and recorded it, you know, just the integrity of their testimony uh, was, was profound. And, again, you know, I'm 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 glad that this verdict uh, occurred the way that it did. But like I say, if you're looking for maximum sentences, then you probably will be disappointed. But as I said earlier, there, mm-hmm. there's no justice in murder uh, being committed by a law enforcement officer. Okay. All right. Uh, what about you, Vanessa? Give me your thoughts on this. Uh, what are What are your feelings and uh, about the verdict and uh, you know? Uh, the floor is yours. I, I I always felt like he would get to me, and it ain't been put out there yet, but I've always felt like it would be 15 to 20 years, and that's because I said, well, he can't get life, and you said, well, life's not on the floor, Vanessa. And I said, well, okay. I think he's going to get 15, 20 years, and I still think he's going to get at, uh, at least 15 years because even if he gets 20, he still only has to do 10 so I, that's why they, I, I do believe that he's going to get that many years. I don't think that they're going to let him off with five to ten years. I don't believe that. I still don't believe that. Now, okay. my only fear was then was that it would be one juror that would be sitting off in there and was going to tie it up for a couple of days. But we didn't even have that. We didn't even have that. I guess they came in and said – you know, y'all think about it, but we all think blah, blah, blah. The next morning, they just took it to the judge. But I, I don't. I, his, honey, his eyes were like a deer hit with, with the light coming down the freeway, down a, a dark road. I mean, his eyes was just big and round, and he looked scared for the first time. And I I, I just don't think he's going to he, – I don't think he's going to get all soft with it. I don't. I think they're going to make the example with him. He's going to be the example for the other police officers. And the trip is, while we still in court about him, people are still, black people are still getting shot. It's like yeah, the whole show. Stop being open seasoning on black people. And he needs to be the yeah. example. Yeah, I mean, it's like the whole show really is dealing with police shootings. I mean, I can't remember in the history of the show that we've ever, I mean, every topic, uh, but every topic has a unique situation, and I wanted to analyze each and every last one of them separately. So, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, all right, Jackie, uh, 
give me your thoughts. Well, I'm definitely so glad at how the verdict turned out because remember what I said two weeks ago. I was like, Rodney King, we we all saw that. You saw what happened. <laughs> so I was right. a little worried. Like I said, that's why I didn't watch none of the trial because I really couldn't bear to watch, sit there and watch all that and to turn out into a verdict that I, I really didn't, wouldn't have wanted to hear. So I'm 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 elated, ecstatic, because it was the right verdict for once. My only issue is uh, is uh, just worrying about this sentencing because I'm really irritated about what Maxine Waters did. It's interesting you bring that up. Uh, bring that up. It, it, it's it's interesting you bring that up. And I, Cause, it, cause, go ahead, go ahead, Jackie. Because inciting is inciting. I don't care who does it. All I know is we didn't need those comments now because I'm worried because they can use that to try to do an appeal or to try to, you know. So I'm I'm a little irritated about her, but and hopefully that won't have any swaying on the sentencing. All right, well, let's talk about that because you know I wasn't I was going in a different direction, but you're right. She did make some comments. She was out protesting uh, with the folks, and she made some comments that a lot of people felt that were unnecessary. But listen, Maxine Waters is Maxine Waters, and so you know I can understand everyone feeling uh, was on edge to a certain degree of what the verdict was going to be. I'll be honest, I didn't think he was going to get all three counts. I thought maybe he'd get two out of the three. I was surprised when they say guilty on all three counts. But, you know, when when you look at the videotape, you would like to think that the videotape within itself is an open and shut case. They interviewed one of the uh, alternate jurors, and she pretty much said after looking at the videotape and the way, you know, uh, Chauvin was looking into the camera was like, hey, I'm going to do this, and y'all can't do a damn thing about it because I'm the police, you know. And so, and I mispronounced that on purpose, but but, 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 but you can sit there and say that the video was, you know, pretty much all-inclusive, but let's remember what happened to the, the cop that shot the African-American man who ran away, shot him in the back dropped the taser next to his body, when they tried him, his jury was hung. It was a hung jury. The only reason why he's serving 20 years in prison right now is because the federal government came in and filed uh, civil rights violation charges. So that's the only reason why he's in jail. So, yeah, you know, it's like you can see this, Mr. Elias, but at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter because, you know, you know, folks are always this thing about black folks being a threat, you know, his his past history. He wasn't a model citizen, you know, out with the trash. Well, eventually he was going to do something that's always in the mindset of those people that have this superiority uh, thing about them, thinking that, you know, white folks are always right and black folks, you know, they whatever. So, Mr. Elias, I can see why everybody was on pins and needles. Because, once again, the case I just mm-hmm. talked about, 
the reason why of the guy's course. in prison. Okay. Matter of fact, and and the appeal ran out. They actually the, the judge did not grant the appeal on the same day that the Chauvin uh, verdict came out in that case in North Carolina. So thank God for that. But go ahead, Mr. Elias. That's why I understand why people were was in such you know people were on, on pins and needles. Right. You know, of course we're on pins and needles because we've seen this play out so many times before. It's not the first time that this thing has happened. This, this has happened over and over and over and over and over again. And people deflect and say what they want to say, and, and they're going to go around and say whatever they want to say. And it, it, it just it's, it's, it's irritating that, that we have to sit on pins and needles for justice. That's, that's what's irritating to me. We watched this man kill this man on live TV. Uh, I, I mean, we watched him. I'm sorry, not on live TV. We watched him a video of this man killing this guy. And, you know, we're on pins and needles. It's open and shut case. If I had done that to somebody with three or four of my partners, it's an open and shut case. Police are not. You kill this man. And you want to talk about heart attacks and all this other stuff. Look, man. The judicial system is messed up for black folks. Let's call it what it is. We know damn well when it comes to us, nothing's going to happen. And that's just the way it works, man. And I'm I'm saddened to say that. I'm saddened that I live in a country like that. But that that is it. When you get stopped, what what other other race has that talk with their children? Where is that? When you get stopped by a cop, put your hands up. On, on the dash. And even if you got your hands up, they still going to shoot you. Look what happened to the guy that was in, I, don't, I think it was in the Carolinas. He was laying on the ground with a, with a, with a special needs, when his special needs still shot him with his hands reached out. Come on. Yeah, that was let's, a few let's, years let's back. Call yeah. It what it is. Yeah, that was a few what it years is. back. You're absolutely correct about it. You know, the thing is, is that uh, as we. You know, I wouldn't say that we will never get justice because there are some police officers that are in jail. But I get the bigger point. The bigger point is you have to move mountains and 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 uh, you know, and it has to be damn near you know bulletproof in order for it to even happen. Because we've seen situations where you know you brought up Philando, you brought up the Philando uh, Castillo case. Uh, you know that that to me was once again an officer who should have been charged, but he was acquitted. And because police, they give police the benefit the doubt, you know, so hopefully the George Floyd uh, Police Reform Act will pass in Congress, and uh, man, I just hope so, but I tell you what, we have a lot coming up, we're going to step out, we have some more cases that I think, you know, I have a funny feeling, I got a feeling, I got a feeling that, you know, some of these <laughs> next topics are going to be a little heated, because I think p- opinions will vary. On what's going on. Plus, we have an interview coming up with a retired Houston police officer. Uh, she served for over 20 years. Can't wait to get her uh, uh, opinions on some of these things because we've always looked at this thing uh, through our eyes. But, you know, uh, none of us are, you know, uh, beat cops. You know, none of us have, you know, beat the pavement out there facing danger, you know, face to face, not in, you know, not in an urban environment, not as a police officer. I know Johnny D has, you know, he's in law enforcement, but, you know, there's different phases of it. But at the end of the day, I can't wait to to talk to her and find out uh, her opinion on it. All right. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show. Don't you go anywhere. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Radio Network. 
we celebrate Black History 365 days a year here on the Serious Side. In this week's edition of In 4 Minutes or Less, Something That You Need to Know, we will look at the accomplishments of four little-known black history heroes. It's Kavina time. In 4 Minutes or Less, Something That You Need to Know. Benjamin Mays. There is no mistake that Benjamin Mays is first up on our list. It is really sad that unless you attended Morehouse, you have probably never heard of this great man. Benjamin Mays was born in the Jim Crow South to freed sharecroppers in 1894 and moved up to the North to attend Bates College and the University of Chicago. Bates became a pastor and began his activist work in Atlanta. He served as the president of Morehouse for 27 years and met young Martin Luther King Jr. there. Mays was King's teacher and mentor and is widely known as King's spiritual and intellectual father. Mays believed in nonviolent resistance and instilled those beliefs in King. He also helped construct the civil rights movement in the South, and during his presidency at Morehouse, attendance quadrupled in size. Mays also presided over the Atlanta Board of Education after Morehouse. There he initiated the desegregation of Atlanta's school system. Mays delivered his famous No Man is Ahead of His Time speech during King's eulogy. In his speech, Mays declared, quote, No man is ahead of his time. Every man is within his star, each in his time. Each man must respond to the call of God in his lifetime and not in somebody else's time. Ida B. Wells Barnett. Seventy years before Rosa Parks, there was Ida B. Wells. Ida was born into slavery in 1862 and lost both her parents by the age of 16 due to an epidemic of yellow fever. At the age of just 22, Ida refused to give up her first class seat on the train and was dragged out by three men. She sued the railroad company and won $500, a considerable amount in 1884. But the railroad company appealed the Tennessee Supreme Court and got the ruling reversed. Deeply hurt by the ruling, but encouraged by the attention her case got after she wrote about it in a black newspaper, Ida decided to become a writer. After being fired from her teaching job for writing an article that criticized the condition of black schools in the region, Ida dove deep into journalism. She investigated and wrote about lynchings in Memphis until her newspaper office was burned to the ground. Her office might have been burned, but Ida never stopped writing about lynchings. She distributed pamphlets titled Southern Horrors and The Red Record, both about the horrors of lynching supported by research. Ida B. Wells was also a suffragist. As a prominent black suffragist, Ida often clashed with the leaders of the U.S. suffrage movement, whom she believed were silent on the issue of racism and lynching. Ida has influenced countless black feminist activists and was also one of the founders of the NAACP. Robert Smalls. Robert Smalls was born into slavery but died an American hero. In 1861, Robert Small, who at the time was working as a deckhand on the CSS Planter, a Civil War Confederate ship, took over the ship while Confederate soldiers were spending the night ashore to transport his wife, children, and 12 other slaves. Together they sailed the ship past five Confederate posts, each of which needed either a whistle or a special hand signal to pass, into the Union territory. After becoming a hero in the North, Robert Smalls went on to fight in at least 17 major battles in the Civil War, later becoming the first ever African-American captain of a U.S. vessel. 
After the Civil War, Robert Smalls had enough money to move back into his hometown in Beaufort, where he purchased his former master's house. There he also purchased a two-story Beaumont building in use for a school for African-American children. Smalls himself spent over nine months learning to read and write. In 1874, Smalls was elected to the House of Representatives and was the last Republican to represent the 5th Congressional District until 2010. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've in order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Online radio at its best. The video is hard to watch as the moments leading up to the death of 13-year-old Adam Toledo at the hands of a Chicago police officer unfold. Please stop! Stop! Like this morning, Chicago police invited the media to view their edited video compilation of the events that led up to the fatal shooting. Reporters were not allowed to ask questions and our cameras weren't allowed to record. It starts with a few seconds of security camera video from a nearby church showing the teen walking down the street with a male adult. It happened around 2.30 a.m. during the early morning hours of March 29th in the city's Little Village neighborhood. Another surveillance camera from nearby school captures what appears to be the man Adam was with firing off at least eight rounds from a gun. A red arrow points to the duo. In the next clip, you can see and hear the officer who shot the teen chasing him down the alley. Video showing Adam stomping near a fence includes a grainy, magnified freeze frame. CPD used a red arrow to highlight what appears to be a gun in the teen's right hand. When Adam moves his right hand toward the officer, the officer fires one shot. The teen falls to the ground. Still to the scene include a recovered handgun. Police officials have had very little to say about the ongoing investigation, but they do add from the time a gun was seen until the time the officer fired was just 838 milliseconds, less than one second for the incident to turn deadly. Welcome back, 347-850-1272. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Body cam video shows the policeman shouting, drop it before shooting Adam Toledo once in the chest on the 29th of March. The boy does appear to be holding a weapon in the split second he is shot, and police videos show a handgun near the spot where he falls. Small protests were held on the following Thursday around the city, uh, hours after the mayor appealed uh, for a calm. Now, this is a situation um, that's a little different from what we've seen before, and this is why I think the show's going to get a little spicy. Once again, welcome back, 347-850-1272. Now, 
this young boy, uh, once again, was shot and killed. And let me just get right into this with Vanessa. I don't. If you've looked at the videotape, do you think that this was a justified shooting? Uh, you know, I'm having this conversation right here as we speak. I, I have not seen the video. I have not seen okay. the video. I have not seen the video. Be, I have only okay. heard that when they told him to raise his hands up, he did raise his hands up. By then, he had already thrown the gun away. Okay. So if his hands was in the air and the cop shot him, then no, the cop is wrong. Hmm. But okay, I'm you probably need to watch I the video. I have not seen yeah. My husband yeah. here arguing with me, telling me I have. I have not seen the video. Okay. So I'm just going to say, if the cops told me that his hands up, and he raised his hands up, and the cop shot him anyway, then the cop is wrong. But if the cop okay. didn't see what was in his hand, so I'm going to leave it right there because I haven't seen it. Okay, fair enough. Jackie, let me ask you this question. Have you seen the video? No, so I'm going to pass on commenting at okay, all. Yeah. I didn't see it. All right, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah, because, yeah, let's, all right, let me, let me swing around to you, Johnny. I'm going to assume you've seen the video of the shooting. Yes, sir, I have. And uh, Okay, so again, now I'm, I'm my question from, to you. Yeah, there yes, you sir. yeah go ahead. I, I, def, I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, what say yeah, you, sir, in regards I, I'm, to this shooting? I'm, I'm going to be coming from, from a training standpoint, a whole different perspective. And, you, you and know, I both. Just re- respect the, you know, the circumstantial evidence around it. Uh, you're a law enforcement officer. You're protecting the community. You hear a series of gunshots. Uh, you, of course, you're in Chicago, and, you know, Jay, you were left know more about that Chicago area. I've, I've been there, but, you know, you all have, have, have breathed and lived that air, so you know that those are some tough communities. Uh, there have been no association with, with, with gang affiliation with this young man, so I want to incriminate him. He's 13 years old, so I am sympathetic and empathetic with, with the family and the circumstances. Uh, a thorough investigation is certainly going to be needed in this instance here. Um, would I have reacted the same way? Uh, the possibility is such that I probably would have reacted the same way. Um, again, can't put myself in those shoes because I wasn't there, so I don't know the entire dynamics, the circumstances that led up, but basically what's, what has been displayed and demonstrated and the video surveillance, um, it was a, 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 a quick response, uh, one shot, center mass. That's, that's what you're trained to do. Um, and and so 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 let me let, let me let me say this right here. Um, I'm continuously bothered by the the mayor. I, I really and truly am. I think that she is less genuine in in, in her concerns. Um, and I go back to the social services worker and you know the, the delay of the video camera uh, when the law enforcement came into the uh, social services. Uh, the young lady, and she was disrobed. And, and I'm going to make this same point later on. I think her name was Ann, Ann, Annette 
Fontenay, something something similar to that. But it's again, it's just me, just disingenuous. But as far as as what I see, um, like I say, split second instance, you hear shots, you pursuing, you you could clearly hear the verbal uh, demands to stop, stop, stop. Uh, the sirens in and of itself is an alert and alarm. So if you're not doing anything, then what would be the need to 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 to, to run and have to give chase? So. You know, with, with that being said, it's a split second. The officer has a right to go home. The young man has a right to go home. But if the circumstances present itself to where that that officer is is in danger, then the officer is is trained. And I I don't see at this point in time where there was an overreaction. Interesting. What about you, Mr. Elias? Your thoughts on this shooting? Uh, look, man. I, I watched your video, and the kid had dropped a gun, and he turned around and he got shot. That's that. You know, I'm not a police officer, so I can't uh, uh, justify it in those terms. But like I said, uh, I, I I just watched it, and when I watched it, the kid had his hand. He threw the gun away and had his hands up, and as, as he turned, he was shot. Center mass, like Johnny said. I didn't, I didn't see a gun in his hand as he turned. He did what the officer said. He said, "Turn around, turn around," <laughs> and he turned around. And he turned around. So, so, wait, so wait a minute. So it sounds like you don't agree with the fact that. So you're thinking that maybe he shouldn't have shot this young man. That's what you're. That's what I'm I, hearing from your comments. I, I don't. I don't believe he should have, Jay. That's my opinion. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. See, and, and here is where the disconnect's going to become. First of all, okay. There, there's plenty of video of what happened. So he was hanging with a 21-year-old man at 2.30 in the morning on some of the roughest streets in Chicago. They have video mm-hmm. of these two, a man, this, the 21-year-old man, shooting eight rounds at somebody. That's on videotape. And then when the cops mm-hmm. come, they take off running. He gives the gun to the boy. He takes mm-hmm. off running down the street, right? Now, mm-hmm. he has the gun in his right hand while he's running. And so when he gets to a clearance of the fence, he throws the weapon at the same time coming up with his hands up. Everyone sees the video of him frozen with his hands up. But, put, you know, listen, this is a simple experiment you can do at home. Stand your ass up right now. Put your car keys in your right hand. Turn real fast to your left and throw your car keys and put your hands up. That was less than a millisecond that that officer had to make that decision. And far as people saying all this nonsense, he had every right in the world to shoot that guy. He didn't know that was because, see, we have the benefit of knowing what happened now. We know he was 13 years old. We've seen the videos of him, a clean-cut boy riding in the car with his mother and all this other stuff. But when you're out there running, he don't know if that's a boy or a grown-ass man running down that alley with, with a gun. And like Johnny D. said, he has the right to return home to his family as well. Now, listen, I you're right. But None of us have been in that situation. Didn't he, did, did, didn't he pass out a 21-year-old? As he was telling them to stop. No, they arrested him. No, no, they took him down. He was apprehended. They got okay, him. I thought he he was apprehended right there. They I'm... tackled him. Nope, they tackled him. They got him, and he took off. There was two of them. The one tackled the 21-year-old, and he took off after the 13-year-old. But, but it's so easy for us to look at a video with his hands up, and the media froze it there because that's when the guy shot him. So if you look at – listen – 
one of the things back in the 90s, and I can't remember which war it was, but I remember that um, there was a conflict somewhere. <laughs> I was stationed in Germany. I'll never forget this. And so what they did was the military is all about guerrilla warfare. You can tell in our uh, old BDUs, they were, you know, black, brown, and green and because, you know, it's military jungle. But then when the uh, Gulf War kicked off, all of a sudden there was possibilities that we would be fighting in wide open areas, plus we would be in cities fighting. So they wanted to make sure that military service members were equipped and was trained to fight in cities. So I remember going, I would never forget this, I went to a police simulator. This big old, I mean, this thing was immaculate. We went in, and there was five, seven scenarios that they gave us, right? So you have a gun, it's a, it's, it's, it's a real gun, but it has, it's equipped with all the technology so you can be a part of it. It's you and your partner. And they give you all these different scenarios. And the video reacted to common, you know, commands. Get down. Put your hands up. Freeze. Don't move. So it reacted to that. So obviously it was played on the big screen. It's a simulator, just like, you know, it's, so it's pretty much close to real life as you can get. And there were seven scenarios. Out of the seven scenarios, there were five scenarios where I made the correct decision. There were two, one where I was shot and killed. And there was another where I shot and killed a civilian. Now, the one where I shot and killed, when I was shot and killed, was it was a traffic stop. My partner asked the, his, the, partner, my partner asked the, the driver to put his, show his hands, throw, the, throw any weapons out the car. He throws a weapon out the car. This was a call for an aggra- aggravated uh, bank robbery. He throws his hands out the car. My partner goes up to the car, driver's side. The lady in the passenger side gets out. I'm telling her to stop, stop, stop. She's saying, my baby's crying, stop, stop, stop. Me saying, please, stop, stop. She reaches in the car, pulls out a shotgun, and shoots me, and shoots and kills me. You just don't know what type of situation that you're dealing with. There's no way anybody can say that this kid didn't stop, and he had five seconds to put his hands up, and the officer saw him. No, it was less than a millisecond. And so... You know, we're in a situation where we're looking at this stuff and saying, oh, he shouldn't have shot him. Yes, he should have shot him because he was running with a gun in his hand. And there's video showing he had a gun in his hand. There's another video showing where he threw it behind the fence. This is the stuff that makes me nervous when we start having these types of conversations. And so, Johnny D., I'm on your side on this. The fact fact is that young man had a gun. And we have to stop this because they put these beautiful videos out there and all this stuff. Man, please, he had a gun. He was out at 2.30 in the morning. Why was a 13-year-old out at 2.30 in the morning hanging with a 21-year-old? They shooting in the middle of the city, eight rounds. Come on, man, stop this. Stop it. Stop. Well, and they used to have a conversation, Jay, about the girl with the knife in. It's the same thing. Well, yeah, it is going to have, we will have that same conversation, too. So stop jumping to the topic, Nefa. Thank you, producer. But, you know, but these situations, but see, because of, but see, listen, you know, Johnny, and I think we can say this, you know, police officers' behaviors have set these things up, right? So, I mean, I can see why people are like, hey, you know what, wrong, wrong, wrong. I remember the Rodney King situation, and I've said this on this show a thousand times, how everyone was, you know, when those three cats pulled Reginald Denny out of his truck and beat the hell out of him and shot him, then all of a sudden when the cops arrested him, oh, they're doing this because we're black. No, they're doing it because you beat up an innocent man. They pulled him out of his vehicle. Everybody wants to throw that race card out there so fast. And in a lot of cases, it's justified. 
But to sit here and say that that man did not have the right to go home to his family, come on. When I got shot in that simulator, it was so fast because I'm thinking there's a child, let me let her, and she came out with a shotgun and blew me away. So let's let's look at this thing. You know, let's not be biased when we look at these situations. I'm not being biased, Jay. My thing is when you when that guy turned, he had his hands in the air. I just Mr. Elias, it was less than a millisecond. He had his hands in the air. When he turned, if he had a gun, if he had it pointed at him, we, he, he, you know what I'm saying? I, he, look, uh, man. No, I don't. I'm not, like I said, I'm not a police officer. I'm not a police officer, but the bottom line is, if, if you don't if, have if to be a police officer. Okay, Mr. Elias. And my you have, okay, Mr. Elias. Okay, Mr. Elias. And my opinion is, when he turned around and he had his hands in the air, he shot him. Okay. All right. Uh, you, you you are looking at a still video that that stopped in the moment. When you look at that video, he had both his hands up. But once again, Mr. Elias, but do you okay? But Mr. Elias, you don't know. Okay. But he but he had a gun in his hand when he was running down the alley. Okay. Why do you not understand? He had a gun. I just said he turned and pointed. Okay. All right, you're right. Go ahead, John. Hey, I, I I I think the thing that 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 uh, has to be respected here is everybody looks at things from from a different perspective and a different persona. See, you you have had a degree of training that that simulates the the, the brevity of a situation and and your ability to respond and react. Now, most persons that I have talked to all week have seen that 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 steel photo of the young man with his body turned completely around where you can see his complete upper torso. You don't necessarily go frame for frame to see where, okay, that, that millisecond that, that you that you demonstrated and, and talked about so eloquently and it's been verified that it was it was boom and, and, and turn around. Those are the things that, that the media that the media sometimes can portray and have the sentiments of, of the of the public in such an uproar instead of just giving a, a a scientific observation. Talk about talk about the officers training. Talk about, you know, the, the community. Because you very seldom hear about the twenty one year old man who was shooting off rounds. You know, you just simply see that this 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 pursuit, this chase, and then all of a sudden it skips, and then you see the young man turn around. So I'm respectful of of those individuals who 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 don't have that trained eye, and everybody's entitled to to their opinion. Uh, would the officer have done anything differently in those circumstances if the young man had just simply just put his arms up and kept his back to him? I would probably say yes, based on the pursuit. I don't know the officer's history. I don't know his conduct. I don't know the community. So there's a lot of unknown. So the investigation itself um, would take place and, and shape itself out. But the problem is this right here, and this is where, you know, those individuals with the untrained eye have, have a legitimate point. That That blue line, that corrupt blue line, okay, it's a difference in, in having that 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 blue and that black line of unity when you're out there and, and, and you're making some, some, some citizens 
safe and the community safe. But but when you hide and conceal evidence, and this is what we're seeing sometimes in law enforcement, the deception. So in essence, the public's trust has been corroded, and anything yeah. that's going to be, you know, done. Is it, going to be done with scrutiny. So, in essence, what yeah. what law enforcement officers have to do is be given an opportunity to rebuild the trust. So, I respect that because too many times you've just seen, you know, the abuse of power. We know that there is an extremist view that have been entering law enforcement since 2006. So, I'm respectful of the fact that people may not agree. With, with with my analogy, and they may think, okay, well, you, you're barbaric, but the reality of it is is I'm going to be respectful of you, and, and I want right. to apologize for how I see that situation. So, you know, again, no. we got a lot of reforming that we have to do between the community yeah. and, 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 and law enforcement. That's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. All right, we have to step out. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Coming up next, we will talk to that retired Houston police officer. She'll be here to be here to give her perspective on some things. And uh, obviously, if you have any questions, uh, go ahead and you can send those. I'm monitoring the uh, Mr. Elias checked the chat room, and I'm checking out the social media websites as well. So if you have any questions for uh, this retired police officer, let's get him in now, and uh, we'll talk to her. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You're listening to the serious out of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. The NAACP is committed to equality for all people, especially the equality of foundational black Americans. Every other child gets a chance at economic equality. Every other child gets a chance at living the best life they possibly can. Doesn't he deserve a chance to? Learn more at NAACP.org.
every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. It seems every week we're having conversations about police encounters with unarmed black men. But since none of us have served as a beat cop, we thought that it would be important to hear from someone who has. She was a member of the Houston Police Department for over 20 years. Let's welcome into the serious side, Officer Tracy Watson, retired. Good morning, Officer Watson. How are you doing? And welcome into the show. Good morning. I'm well in yourself. Doing outstanding. Glad that you can be here. Glad that you can be here. So I'm not sure how much of the previous segment you heard, but we wanted to, you know, it's easy for us to sit back and make decisions and give our comments and thoughts on things that we see happening, um, you know, on television and in the news. But one of the things um, that um, I always bring up on this show, and, you know, I, I tell people this all the time, I have a lot of friends who are police officers. And, you know, in full mm-hmm. disclosure, you are one of my best friends in the whole wide world, just to put it out there. But I have a lot of, I have a lot of friends who are police officers, black police officers. And one of the things they always tell us is, is that they're so tired of being lumped in with these other cops that they see what's going on from their perspective while serving. So I guess what I'm looking for is a little bit of, uh, give us a little bit of what's going on behind the scenes. You do have bad cops. How do black police officers deal with this situation? Because, you know, you're a police officer, but you're also mm-hmm. an African-American, and I would like to think that you feel something from when you see people get killed like, you know, Brown and, you know, Eric Garner and, you know, George Floyd. Yeah. Just give us a little bit of, 
give, give us a little bit of insight from your perspective on some of these things and how it works being within the force that's being so criticized by all of us who see these uh, videos as just being something that's just totally ridiculous and racist. Um, well, first of all, good morning, everyone. Um, I was with the Houston Police, uh, Police Department for over 22 years. And, yes, I did work the streets for a while, but it is hard being – it was hard being a black female and being an officer at the same time. We have to toe that line very carefully. Yes, I do support Black Lives Matter, but at the same time, I support that uh, blue line also. Uh, we as police officers, we have families, and we have a right to go home to our families just like everybody else. Now, when we're out on a call and a situation starts, um, such as the one right here with this young man, uh, Adam Toledo, 13-year-old, when you're chasing somebody down a dark alley and you see that they have a gun, okay, first of all, you're you're back there by yourself. You're chasing them. Um, You know, they're, they're not following any of your commands and things like that. You're trying to get them to comply. They, you know, he gets near a fence. He, he, there's an opening. You're, you're screaming, show me your hands, show me your hands. He could have easily, even if he did decide to throw the gun, he could have kept his back towards the officer and just thrown the gun. Me, myself, if I was in that situation, I probably would have shot him too because I don't have time to ask him, hey, how old are you? What are you doing out here? Why do you have a gun? Because he's not compliant. So, yeah. You know, I, I I I sit here and look at this stuff, too. I go back and forth with this. I was almost involved in a shooting, and everything does slow down, and you're telling the person to comply, comply, comply. Luckily, the person I have my gun pointed at did comply. He was robbing a jack-in-the-box. Everything slows down. You can see that gun, and what you're tunneling in on is that gun. What does the person get ready to do with that gun? Everything slows down. So, yeah, we have citizens that sit on the side, oh, I would have did this. Why didn't I shoot them in the leg? And why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? Well, you go through some of our training. You do a ride-along, just like you have to do jury duty. I think all citizens should have to do a ride-along with us. And let us put you in some of that stuff that we go through. And we have to make split split decisions in a second. And if it's the wrong one, people say, oh, you shouldn't have did that, you shouldn't have did that. Well, come out there and do the job with us. Or better yet, teach your family at home. Don't run. When we say comply, comply. Don't fight on the side of the road. You're not going to win that one. It's easier to say, okay, fine. We'll meet in court. But this young man, I would have shot him too. Let me ask you something, and then I want to open it up for everyone else. Man, I tell you what, this segment needs to be longer. I tell you what I am going to do. I'm going to extend this thing out uh, another 13 minutes, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll make it work. Boy, I tell you, these time constraints. <laughs> but, but, but I want to ask you something, because you said something about um, – when the police tell you to do something, comply. And, and let me play devil's advocate here because we saw what happened okay, with the young uh, Army lieutenant who pulled over, did everything right, oh, pulled over at the gas station, lighted oh, area, hands out the window, whole nine yards, yeah. and he, it looks like he complied, he complied. and the officer still – you know, so is that just a one-off? So basically we're telling folks, do what you need to do, because, you know, folks will say, well, he, he, he had no business. Because he ran, that don't mean you shoot him. Okay, listen, I'm not saying the officer is right. What I am saying he is wasn't. self-preservation the is the key. Right. 
that well, I'm not saying in that situation. I'm just saying in right. general. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, when, yeah, so when people come at you, let me ask you a question. So when people say to you, well, look at that situation, that person mm-hmm. did exactly what I asked him to do. Look at the Philando uh, Castile situation. Look at the, the, yeah. the brother whose car yeah. was stomped in the middle of the road, uh, mechanical problems, and, and the cop shot him. You know, there was a situation yeah. three years ago where the cop told the guy to grab his registration, and when he grabbed it, he shot him. Shot so, him, yeah. So people, people are fearful of that. So what, what's your response to people who say, well, listen, if I comply, I may still end up getting shot. What, what do you say to those people? And those are the bad apples. And those are the bad apples in this bunch, and they need to be held accountable. You don't know. There are days that I've stood in front of the TV, and when I review these videos, too, I'm like, that officer needs to be held accountable. He needs to be charged. He needs to be convicted, and he needs to go to prison. He needs to do prison time. Yes, if you did wrong, yes, if you stepped outside of your training, yes, you need to be held accountable. Just like that officer that pepper sprayed that lieutenant, yes. He needs to, yes, he needs to be charged, yes. Just because he, he stopped him stating that they couldn't see his uh, his license plate, I think, from the back of the vehicle because the window was tinted, that was an easy situation. And I understand because he wants to get into an area that's well lit. I understand. Just like people are afraid of us, we approach y'all, and we're afraid of y'all too. Black or white, I'm still a person, and sometimes I'm afraid of y'all. So in a case like that, he could have easily said, hey, the reason I – well, first of all, who I am, what department I'm with, and the reason I stopped you is because I can't see your – I couldn't see your license plate. Now that I stopped you closer to your vehicle, sir, can you please step out so I can show you what I'm talking about? And that, that could have been resolved very easily. That was an ego trip that was on the side of that vehicle. That was an ego trip that took place. And that officer needs to be held accountable. Yes, when you do wrong, you need to be held accountable. Yes. And, okay, I'm I'm waiting for you to bring up this Michaela Bryant. Oh, yes. Well, that's that's another segment, but if you can hang out with us, we'll definitely get your conversation. All right, 347-850-1272, 10 minutes after the hour. All right, we're talking to retired police officer Tracy Watson, uh, retired from the Houston Police Department after 22 years of faithful service. Let me open the uh, uh, floor up to anyone who may have a question for Officer uh, Watson. Uh, Vanessa, you have a question for uh, for, uh, uh, Tracy? I do. Thank you, Ms. Tracy, for everything that you have done and that you probably continue to do behind the scenes for Houston, Texas, in law enforcement. My question is a little off the beaten path. It is not about all of these horrible murders and stuff that is going on. It is about Houston in general. I have been in Houston 58 years all of my life. I'm trying to understand why and what has happened to make crime in Houston be outrageous. I keep having all of these things that flash across my phone. This person shot, this person killed, this person found dead on the side of the road, this person found. What is going on in Houston? What is the deal? I do not know. I'm asking the same question. Well, you know, number one, we already know that COVID is is causing a lot of problems, a lot of issues and everything, because people, number one, they've lost their jobs. They don't have that financial security anymore. They're stuck in the house with each other. They want life as it used to be. Um, You know, it's just going to take a while. But I don't know. I I do not know. I I think, to me, I'm sitting up there thinking it's just gotten to the point that parents 
aren't raising their children. They're not, they're not raising them. They're just like, I don't care what you do, do whatever you want to do. Just don't bother me. And that's the mentality. And then when, when something happens to their child, they jump on the TV. My child was a good child. My child didn't do anything. My child this, my child that. But when we go back and start looking at your child's history, your child dropped out in the ninth, tenth grade. Your child was a problem with these teachers. Your your child has committed robberies and things like that. But when they come in contact with us, my child, my child, my child, and I'm a sue, sue, sue. Well, parent, what happened to you? Why haven't you stepped up and why haven't you taken accountability? Sometimes with these body-worn cameras, some of these parents and family members, you know, instead of the public screaming, we want to see the video, we want to see the video, pull the parents and next to Ken behind and let them see that video. Because sometimes their family members have, and I'm not saying it about all people, sometimes their family brings it on themselves. Sometimes you get shot because of the things that you've done or you failed to do. But the crime rate, I don't know what's going on because even last night I had a situation where I had to pull my gun and ride with it in my lap on the freeway. Had to tell my mom to lay down, lay the seat all the way down in the car. Get because out. I just know Stop if someone was here, they start shooting at me. And I'm like, I'm a black woman. What is going on? I haven't done anything to this person. I haven't cut them off. I haven't, you know, rolled on their tail. I haven't done anything to them. And, I mean, literally, he's just all over the road. I moved to the right, he moved to the right. I moved to the left, he moved to the left. Literally, we're on the beltway, and we're going about 65. He slams, the person slams on the brake. If I didn't have that response time, I would have rear-ended him. I mean, he, it was just all over the place. He let two cars go by. I attempted to go by. It was back and forth. So that's when I pulled my gun, laid it in my lap, and told my mom to lay the seat all the way back because he was on my passenger side. And I didn't know if he was getting ready to start shooting, but I had other people in the car with me too. You couldn't see them because my back windows were tinted. But I fell all the way back to make sure that this person didn't start shooting at us. I didn't know what was getting ready to go on, but I had to think about the other people in the car with me. So I don't know what's wrong. I, I, I really don't. But something needs to be done. All right. Uh, Johnny, uh, do you have a question for uh, Officer Watson? I don't necessarily have a question, but I've got all the admirations for that young lady dating way back. So uh, <laughs> welcome to the, the, the serious side in your commentary and, and your service, uh, both in the the United States Army and with the Houston Police Department. Uh, I echo uh, the sentiments that that you that you spoke about in regards to training and having that degree of accountability for those officers that's out there making it bad for those who serve and protect. Um, we have certainly got to educate uh, the public on on. Police relationships, uh, like yes. I say again, me being an African American man and having mm-hmm. two sons and and, and daughters, uh, I educate them on their interactions with law enforcement. And of course, you know, one might say, why do we have to have those those conversations? Because it's real, and, yes. and you have to. But one of the things that that I, I certainly um, 
have been involved with um, and really started picking it up even more so when I got involved with this show uh, some nearly two years ago is my advocacy within the community. Uh, I've got a square of knowledge group. Uh, that that uh, I basically teach young men how how to interact and and it doesn't have any 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 racial uh, line in regards to black white uh, anyone who wants to know how to engage and interact with with those in, in in the law enforcement and judicial community is what I do so I, I think education and yes. understanding that there are relationships that have to be fostered. Uh, and, and 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 repaired because there is a lot of trust that has has been breached. Uh, when you talk about the, the level of volatility in in the United States, you know, last year, 23 million um, gun permits were sold. Now, mm-hmm. think about the ones that's underneath. Uh, and from the year past. Uh, what I read in an article that that was 65% more than in 2019. So a lot, a lot of this, this volatility has to do with just today's culture and today's society. I believe every time that you see something portrayed out on, on YouTube, that's been disturbing for me for a while where people don't even try to assist other individuals when they're being assaulted because they want to get it on, 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 on video now instead yes. of intervening. Yes. You know, yes. it, it's just it's, it's just a different time. It's a different era. And, you know, you know, thank God that nothing tragic happened to you last night, uh, you know, during during your travels. But everybody is, is on edge. Everybody's tense. Everybody is looking at one another like, you know, I, I remember looking at uh, <laughs> the Kings of Comedy probably 200 times. And when Cedric the Entertainer sits back and he says that, you know, you know, you know, as 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 black people, but I think now it's everybody. You know, I wish somebody would. You know, it's like we we go places looking for the the the, the confrontation, yes. and how we yes. go handle it is is through the weapons. We, you know, we got to get to the point where we go back to that old barbershop style where I used to see some heated debates in the barbershop, but it never ended up in gunfire. It never ended up in people fighting. So we learned how to debate one another without without the conflict and, and, and the resolution being weapons because that is so final, as you know, because I know you've seen, you know, bodies after bodies after bodies where yeah. it's like, and y'all was arguing over a parking space and somebody's dead now. So we've got to learn conflict resolution but it really starts with ownership where law enforcement um, and, and the judicial system have lost the trust of the community, and that's got to right. be repaired and that's got to be breached. That's true. I mean, are, that's true. Are we I agree with you. I agree. Let me, let me step yeah. in. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right, we're coming up against a hard break. Tell you, we're going to we're going to go, going to change some things around a little bit. I want to give Vanessa and Jack an opportunity to talk to Officer Watson if she can hang around for another segment. We appreciate it. It is three four. It is a serious side. It is Sunday. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Nineteen minutes after the hour, we'll stop out. We'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. Justice isn't even a word to me. I do want accountability. 100% accountability, mm-hmm. like my sister said, the highest accountability. But even then, when that happens, if that even happens, we're still going to bury our son. We're still never going to be able to see our baby boy that we're never going to have again. 
Manslaughter? Y'all see the difference? This is a taser. This is a taser. But no, my nephew was killed with this, a Glock. I don't care what said, what my nephew may have done, whatever it is. Again, he was ours. He was a good boy. He was. Oh, those boys are much too much. Those boys are much too much. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We're going to beat them and bust them. The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today.
Radio at its best. Welcome back. 347-850-1272. It is the serious side. It's 26 minutes after the hour. And as always, we want to say good morning to the crew. I'm Jay Ryle. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. We're all in our places with bright, shining faces. Let's say good morning to Vanessa Maybell. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you doing? Good morning. It's 80 degrees today in Texas, and I'm on my way to church, and this topic is very interesting. Thank you for joining us, officer. Thank you for having me. (laughs) All right. Rich Sisters in the house. Jackie, good morning. How are you? Good morning, everyone. So glad to be with you on today. That God made. I hear you, girlfriend. Uh, the brother from the Carolinas, the educated brother himself, is in the house. Good morning, Johnny D. What's happening, brother? Good morning. Jay Ryle, I still believe in chivalry, so you must say good morning to Officer, retired Officer Watson first, and then <laughs> I will assume my role after her. Well, there you go. Well, good morning, Officer uh, Watson. Thank you for being here. She's hanging with us for another segment. Thank you. Good morning to you, ma'am. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> now, Johnny D., good morning to you, sir. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Definitely. Blessed to be here. This guy's trying to get cool points. Now all the ladies are going to be sending me bad messages. Thank you, Johnny. And the man who gets the first <laughs> and last word here, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, Mr. L. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. And good morning to you. Wow. Good morning, Nessa. Wow. Good morning, Miss Sister. Wow. Good morning, uh, uh, Kathleen, uh, good morning to you, Momo B. Uh, good morning, my brother Hawk. Good morning to Rome. And I, I said Vanessa, didn't I? You were the first. No, one. I said there's so many people you started to forget. Yeah, you're going crazy. Oh, he kissed me too, so I don't receive anyway, those kisses. You can hey, take that back. Go ahead. Officer Watson, good morning to you, ma'am. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. All right, Mr. Elias, can, can we say hello to those people in the chat room, if you don't mind? Yeah, we got Yard Jockey in there. We got Green Beasley, uh, Purple Pill, Volvo Bright, and Anon321. All right, what's going on? Uh, Mr. Elias, you owe uh, one of our faithful listeners uh, oh. report on what you heard oh, during the break, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. Man, Mary in the music, that was Bob Baldwin. Uh, footsteps in the dark. I'm sorry, Mary. Music? Wow. Yeah, Jay threw me off. I'm sorry, darling. I am. <laughs> and what about, oh, I, I, okay, I did it. Wow. And what about the first one, Miss Elias? You want to give it a report on that? I, I, I'll get it to in a minute, man. I'm in the midst of doing something as we speak right now. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Elias. Let me say good morning to the pastor. He's in the house. Mariana Music's in the house as well. Jamaica's checked in. Cedric Ray. Uh, Vanessa, Vanessa's twin. I love this lady. I love her comments. Mitch, just so many people listening across the world and across the United States. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. And I want to once again extend my thank you and gratitude to Officer Vincent. She's gonna hang out with us for another. Officer Watson, excuse me. She's gonna hang out with it's us okay, for another it's segment. Okay. It's okay. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right. Um, let's go ahead and get this one started, and then this one's gonna kind of dovetail into another one. So. Uh, Uh, We'll be right back. Listen to this. 
Moments before the guilty verdict was announced in the trial of former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin on Tuesday, a teenage girl was fatally shot by an officer in Columbus, Ohio. Police say she was armed with a knife. Franklin County Children's Services confirming the 16-year-old girl was Micaiah Bryant and that she was in foster care. The information was that a caller said females were there trying to stab them and put their hands on them. Police, who normally do not provide information so soon, releasing the body cam video of the incident, which shows an officer approaching a driveway with a group of young people standing there. What the video shows is the female with the knife attempting to stab the first female that lands on the ground and then the second female that is pushed against the vehicle. The video shows the officer then firing his weapon, striking Bryant. She collapses to the ground next to a car that had been parked in the driveway. Authorities say the teen was taken to a hospital where she was pronounced dead. It is unclear whether anyone else was injured. A woman describing herself as Bryant's aunt telling local media that Bryant got into an altercation with someone else at the foster care residence and that her niece did have a knife, but maintained that Micaiah dropped that knife before she was shot multiple times. Brian's death, quickly gaining attention nationwide, comes amid a continuing reckoning over police accountability and systemic racism. I'm just shocked. I mean, I just don't even know what to say. It's just like an out-of-body experience. I ran out, and I see a young lady on her back shot, because I heard the gunshots, and the grandmother was out there, you know, hollering and screaming, very upset, um, saying they didn't have to shoot her. Columbus Mayor Andrew Ginther asking the city for calm. It's a tragic day in the city of Columbus. Horrible, heartbreaking situation. And I ask for everyone to pray for peace. We have to ask ourselves, what information did the officer have? And what would have happened if he had taken no action at all? A 16-year-old black girl was fatally shot by an officer outside her home after she called police for help on Tuesday afternoon, according to her family. The girl has been identified as Micaiah Bryant by her aunt, Hazel Bryant. Bryant allegedly called officers at about 4.30 p.m. local time when a group of older kids threatened her with assault. The aunt told the Ohio State House News Bureau reporter, Andy uh, Chow. She did not elaborate on the nature of the threat. The Columbus Police Department could not say on Tuesday whether Bryant was the one to call for assistance before she was shot. She was taken to a local hospital where later she died. Uh, here's a situation, another situation, where we have a young African-American person shot and killed by police. Uh, this is another situation where the police department got the video out very, very fast because of the climate in which we're in. Now, these, this shooting, along with the shooting of Dante Wright, all these shootings happen within days. Matter of fact, uh, one, on the same day that the... Uh, 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 the, the Derek Chauvin verdict was being read. This is you know, when you go back and look at the video here. You know, you see this young. You see the cop pull up. He's saying, "What's going on?" And you see uh, Miss Bryant knocking a young lady down to the sidewalk where she attempted to stab her. And then mm-hmm. you see her get up, and you see a lady in a pink uh, jogging suit. Uh, mm-hmm. Up against the car where you see where she's going to stab this young lady, according to what you see on the video, and that's when the officer used deadly force. Um, right. 
let me uh, <laughs> let me st- okay. Let me let me start off with Vanessa. What do you have to say about this? And I want to definitely get Officer Watson's uh, opinion on this. But but your opinions on, on this on on that particular video, Vanessa. Yeah, I saw that video, and I was freezing it in different things, like I was an investigator or something. So, <laughs> okay, Lord, give me the word. Uh, if I was the officer, I would have shot her, too, because had she stabbed that other child, I would have been looking at that officer going, why didn't you do something to keep her from stabbing mm-hmm. my child? Mm-hmm. And the next thing is, if she felt like her life was in jeopardy or in trouble, why didn't you go in the house? Thank why you. didn't you get away from them instead of staying outside with them like you mm-hmm. did bad whoops? And then mm-hmm. why do people want to make her into a poster child when she was outside of some kind of, um, I guess, foster home house or something? So... Everybody can't be a foster child for the, for the but, but Vanessa, hold on. We have, Vanessa, let me say this real real quick. I'm going to give it back to you. We have to be careful because, remember, people were saying during the George uh, Floyd trial how, you know, it's all about character assassination. That's what they did with Trayvon Martin. So because she was a foster mm-hmm. child doesn't necessarily mean no, no. that she deserves to I'm be saying. shot if the situation. Okay, all right. I just want to make I, sure I that we're clear it. on that. Go ahead. I get it. I get it. So let me finish okay. it. So if okay. you were out in a foster home or whatever that whatever that home was, now if you were in that home, why is your mama out there saying, I miss her, I'm going to love her, and she was such a good kid? Well, where were you at when that child was crying out for help that these kids was beating on me? And why didn't you tell her to stay in the house or go in the house? So that's the reason why I brought up the foster home is why didn't she go back into whatever that facility was? Why did she have to be outside with a butcher, with a switchblade or a butcher knife or whatever it was? My and then if I was the cop, I would have shot her too. So my next question to this is though, if you looked at the video, what happened to the man that kicked that other girl so hard that he came up off the ground? Mm -hmm. What happened to him? Mm -hmm. Everybody Mm -hmm. took his eyes off of an adult who kicked a girl so hard that her body moved off the ground to another spot. What happened to him? So let's don't know. About the I don't know what happened video, to him. Not a portion of the video, because I know I wasn't the only one that saw that. Yeah, no, you weren't. You weren't the only one that saw that. Okay, well, let me ask, because let me ask uh, Ms. Delias, because he didn't get a chance to make any comments in the last segment. But uh, yeah, let me ask you, sir. Uh, you saw this. Uh, what, what say you in regards to that particular video, Ms. Delias? Do you think that was a justified shooting? Look, man, why is everything a, a, a deadly shooting? Why couldn't he have pulled his taser out? <gasps> huh? No. Could he pull his taser? He couldn't. Ah, uh, no. Well, he could. He couldn't pull his taser out. He couldn't he pull could. his taser out and shoot at her. If he had pulled he, the taser, then by that time that girl would have stabbed that other girl because she was so close to that other girl to stab her. I mean, don't the tasers mm-hmm. don't the tasers eject tasers out? Don't they, they do? I, am they I wrong? Do. But it takes a minute. Uh, okay. Let's go to Officer Watson on this one, uh, because, you know, because what you hear a lot uh, from, because I watched a lot of this coverage, and, you know, and they interviewed a lot of black police chiefs, and a lot of them said, regrettably, 
the officer was justified because any time mm-hmm. another human is in danger, when you look at the video, she had her yeah. arm cocked back like she was going to thrust her. And so in that situation, deadly force is authorized. So what say you in yeah. regards to that mm-hmm. video? Was the officer justified mm-hmm. in applying deadly force when another human being, this, she was about to stab her? Mm-hmm. Not just her. There was another girl. The first girl that she went after that fell also on the ground. If you look at it, can y'all hear me? Yes. Oh, um, there was another young lady that she swung the knife at, and then she went towards the one in the pink. And if you slow it down, you'll see that knife in her right hand, and she has it back, and she's getting ready to swing it forward because the young lady in the pink that's against the car was attempting to kick her. So you know the young lady in the pink does not want to be stabbed. So in the state of Texas, yes, you can use deadly force in defense of a third person. She was getting ready to assault her with a knife. A knife can be used to kill somebody. So, yes, you can pull a gun and shoot that young lady. We don't have time to ask, are you 16 years old? What's going on? Because... Apparently, when the officer got there, he's trying to find out what's going on, what's going on. He sees this young lady running around with a knife. She's not putting that knife down. And if she was in fear for her life, her safety, or whatever, and if she did call 911, why didn't she stay in the house? Why didn't she even go into another room, even lock the bathroom door? Why didn't she put herself in a situation where she could be protected? If you're in fear for your own safety, that does not give you the right to come outside where the the suspects allegedly are and use a knife to try to assault them. No. If you're in fear and you've called the police, stay inside the house. Lock your door. You're safe in there. Yeah. I want right, to stop so Can I come in? Uh, yeah, I was coming to you next. Go ahead. Now, um, Take, take, I didn't see this video too, but I still want to comment on the general. Just on the general, with hearing both of these with the 13 year old and this, where are these mamas okay. and daddies at? Hold on, hold on, Jackie, real quick before you go, go any further, I just want to let us all know we're, we're really up against it, so we're going to take about another two, two to three minutes on this one because we're really running behind. But go ahead. Yeah, where are these mamas and daddies at? Because when I was. When I recall, when I was 13, I wasn't out at the wee hours of the night. So there's a responsibility not only towards the police, but as us as civilians to not be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, of course, we know this is a different crop of parents now where, you know, they weren't raised by their parents. But but so, Jackie, let, let me jump got... in because I, I, I can I can hear people. Let me ask you this because I can hear it. I can, I'm starting to read comments now. You know, when you say things like that, it's almost as if like when people say, "Well, you know, well George Floyd was arrested in 2019." So I mean, why why did he do? I mean, yeah, you can say that, but I think what people are saying in the case of an unjustified shooting of a black unarmed black person, that no matter what that person did. 
right as far as their past or the way they were 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 brought up. Yeah. I mean to okay. say that yeah. because they weren't brought up right or whatever the case may be that they deserve to be shot and killed if the situation points that the officer acted uh uh you know unlawfully. So I think when well, people unless, hear that it's like you're justifying what the police officer well no, if you just would have done what no, they I'm told you to do to you do wouldn't that. be in a situation. No, okay. I'm not trying to do that. In this I'm talking about in these particular cases if the 13-year-old was pointing a gun or was about to shoot or whatever. In in the case with the lady, she about to, the girl, she about to stab another girl. I'm tailoring it to these specific cases here. I'm not okay. saying, right. I just, I mean, I'm just saying it gets to the point where we got to share some, on both sides, on both the police's side and the civilian side. There's, yeah. You know, I well, ain't talking about well, I, cases like, say, mm-hmm. for example, with George Floyd. Look, that was a clear-cut case that the police was wrong in that case. Yeah. But, right, but the defense I'm just saying, tried to everybody pay him. has a responsibility to. I hear you. But the defense was saying, you know, I heard people say, well, if he just would have gotten to the, the vehicle, that wouldn't have happened to him, which is probably a true statement. But that doesn't justify the officer doing what he did to him. So I, I think but that's where we have vehicle. to be. They right. Well, yeah. Why did they pull him out? They, yeah. yeah. Why did they pull him out? He was already in the vehicle. They had no business pulling yeah. him out of that vehicle. They were wrong in pulling yeah. him out. And we're going to keep on with yeah. this. This one about uh, Miss Bryant. Yeah. So, 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 okay. So when you go back and, and look at all these situations, you know, people can always say, well, if you just do what they tell you to do, you wouldn't be in that situation in the first place. And me as a parent would teach that to my children and to, you know, younger folks that, that, that I mentor to. But at the end of the day, whether they, you know, whether they, you know, look at the Dante uh, Wright shooting, you know, that guy took off and, you know, and she shot him with a, with a gun instead of a taser, which we all say that that's the wrong answer. She deserves to get yeah. what she's going to get. But then you yeah. go back and say, well, why the hell did you run in the first place? And then people will look at that and say, oh, you're trying to justify. No, I'm not trying to justify anything. What I'm trying to say to you is we need to do a better job of teaching our kids, hey, just do what they tell you. Fight that battle another day. And then police officers are saying, well, wait a minute, let him go. You have his information. You can track him down another day. So there's conversations yeah. on both sides on this thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? It's self-preservation. If a police officer would just want to let him go, had they said, you know what, it's a misdemeanor warrant, let him go, we'll catch him later. She wouldn't be in a situation where she may be in jail for the rest of her life or whatever the case is. may be in his situation. Had he not ran, he'd still be here to see another day, more than likely, if it's God's will. Boy, I tell you, man, we're, we're running out of time. Let me, let me swing around here real quick because we have to go. Um Let's do this. Uh, Officer Watson, let me, let me give you an opportunity to give me some final thoughts here because we are really up against it. Thank you for coming, but anything you want to say on your way out? Um, the only thing I want to say is I want to add on to what Hawk said, Hawkins said, um, that people are angry. They're dealing with everything, and they are very angry, and they're they're just coming out fighting. They, they're coming out fighting, and I don't mean with their fists. They're using guns and everything else, and they believe that they are right in everything that they do, and they're not. And that's how some of them are ending up in this situation. No officer wants to come to work and shoot and kill somebody. But if it's in their heart, it's in their heart, and they're going to do it regardless. Wow, Everybody thank you just so much. Thank you. 
We thank you for being here. You stay safe. And while reading comments, people are talking about this. All right, listen, Pastor Steve, thank State you. Your Case is coming up next. <laughs> uh, coming up, NPR yeah, News so Update, much. State Your Case. Enjoy. We will yeah. hear from our listeners coming up next. A uh, lot of comments on what uh, Officer Watson has uh, said and what the show's been about. Boy, can't wait to read these comments. Keep it right here. We'll be right back. Wow. Support for this NPR podcast and the following message come from Pearson. Hot Topics in Politics returns with seven experts exploring topics such as women in power, COVID vaccines, the economy, and more. To register, visit go.pearson.com slash hot topics. Today, President Biden wraps up his weekend in Wilmington, Delaware, and heads back to Washington, where this week he's giving a speech before a joint session of Congress. On his 99th day in office, he will outline a range of new initiatives he plans to pursue. Also this week, investors are getting a key report card on the U.S. economy. NPR's Raphael Nam reports on what it all means for Wall Street. It's going to be a busy week for markets. President Biden will lay out his agenda in a primetime address on Wednesday. For the economy, his plans are likely to involve higher taxes for the wealthy, including for capital gains and their stock trades. Also on Wednesday, the Federal Reserve will end this two-day meeting. As always, investors will be keen to see what Chairman Jerome Powell has to say. Then on Thursday, markets will get the U.S. economic growth data for the first three months of the year. It's likely to be solid, but it really won't capture all of the sharp improvements we've seen recently with the rollout of COVID-19 vaccinations. And if all of this wasn't enough, expect a lot of earnings reports, including Tesla, Amazon, and Apple. Raphael Nam, NPR News. Tonight's 93rd Academy Awards will see a return to old-fashioned glamour combined with new coronavirus precautions. The ceremony is taking place at Union Station in Los Angeles with no host and no audience. Nominees will be there in person. Those unable to travel are connecting via numerous international hubs and satellite feeds. And gown gazers watching from home are in luck. A pared-down red carpet event is scheduled ahead of the show. I'm Amy Held in Washington. And you're listening to NPR News. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is our call number. It is time for Pastor Steve's State Your Case, where we hear from uh, people that are in our world famous chat room and listeners all over the country and world. And uh, Mr. Elias, man, uh, do you have anything you want to uh, read on the air? No, sir, I don't. Ooh, okay, must be a bunch of uh, people in there that you don't like. Okay, well, let me read some of the ones I have. All right. Uh, Pastor Steve says, peace, peace and blessings, family. Like many of you, I was presently surprised by the verdict. Jay, I was thinking the same as you. Maybe two convictions, but not convictions on all three. Though we celebrate the decision of the jury in the Chauvin case, let's remember this is an exception, not the rule. Well said, Pastor. Mitch from Kansas City, wow, you guys are going at it this morning. I agree with Jay. You don't have to be a trained police officer to understand what the young man what that young officer faced. I did experience I didn't I did the experiment, Jay, and you're right. It took a millisecond to throw the keys. It was all one motion which makes it difficult to determine whether or not the gun was dropped. 
Okay. Uh, Mariana Music, I have nothing but love for my favorite music man, Mr. Elias. You really know music, and I love it. Mr. Elias, you still over an answer on one of those songs. Uh, Jamaica, J- Jamaica from Pasadena. Sounds like Officer Watson is saying that if black parents did a better job of raising our children, they would not end up in confrontation with the police. She says like she no. sounds like a sister, so I'm disappointed that she didn't <laughs> spend more time talking about racist cops on the force. If it clacks like a duck, then it's a duck. If it wears a blue uniform, regardless of race, it's still a cop. Uh, Cedric from Washington, D.C., what a show. Great interview. <laughs> Y'all should do more. Thank you. Ray from Dallas, Texas. Mr. L.A.S. is right. That boy had his hands up. The cop is a murderer. The camera caught. The camera catches what it sees. It shows the boy with his hands up. The cop's a murderer. Uh, Rebecca from Katy, Texas. Stop blaming these babies for cops killing them. Boy, a lot of comments. Don't have time to a read them all. Tell you what. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, you know what time it is. Online radio at its best. All right, it's time for our final thoughts. And uh, as you can hear in the background, Officer Watson is still with us. She loves us so much. She's going to hang out with us until the end. So it's time for final thoughts. And so, ladies are first. Uh, Vanessa Maybell, your final thoughts. I'm coming outside to this beautiful day, and I pray for this country, and I pray for these parents who have these teenagers that are supposed to be such good children, and yet they're out there at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm not blaming the parents, but I am going to say at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning when I was growing up, you would have got your butt whooped, and then you would have been locked outside sitting on the front porch. So sometimes you have to go back to old school to raising children. You know, instead of saying, what are you going to want to eat? I don't want to eat that. And then go make that child another meal. Okay. So let me say this. I pray for this country, and I pray yes. that we can get some people in blue that are the good way outweighs the bad. Because when you are having a trial for one person and then two more people are getting killed at the same time, there's some problems right there. There's some issues right there. So um, thank everybody for allowing to let me voice my opinion, and it is only my opinion and not Jay's, but uh, God is good. He's going to take care of all of it. Y'all have a good week. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Vanessa. <laughs> God bless you, sweetie. I love you. All right, Jackie, final thoughts. First of all, a big thanks to our special guest that was on. Uh, so appreciate you for your service to the uh, police department. I just really appreciate you, and I praise God uh, for you that you stay protected and covered. And I believe that for everybody. It's just, I just reiterate again, we all have a responsibility to come correct and do right. You know, when, you know, I, I, I know it's easy for us to see, you know, when police officers do wrong but we ourselves have a responsibility, mm-hmm. especially to teach our babies. See, a lot of parents, they're not parents today. It's a whole different crop of parents that they weren't raised, especially with technology. It just seems like parents are not all, not all. Some parents are just putting technology in these kids' hands and letting that raise them. It's not cool. Whatever the, I mean, we just got to be willing to just 
be fair on all fronts in that we definitely with our babies, we teach our babies right from wrong. And I know you have those those cases where it seems like no matter what is done, whether they comply, they not, they get shot. And in that case, you know who's wrong. We just all have a responsibility to do right and come correct. And that's what I just simply pray. And I'm going to end with that. Well, so thank you. No, thank you. And uh, thank you so much. All right. Uh, the uh, guests, the honorary guests of the day, uh, our special guest, uh, Officer Watson, uh, retired, I might add. Uh, <laughs> any final thoughts before we, uh, before we let you go? Any final thoughts? Final thoughts on today's show? Yes. Yes. First, I pray that everybody just calm down. Take a deep breath. Parents, be responsible for your children. We, we as police officers, we have to be responsible for our actions also. As a community, everybody just needs to stop, listen to one another, take egos out of everything. Ego plays a big part of everything. Take your ego out of the situation. Treat a person like you want to be treated. The day's going to come, you might be on that other side. Like I said before, I do support Black Lives Matter because my life matters. I am a black woman. My life does matter. And I've been stopped by the police before, and I've become nervous too. But at the same time, I support Blue Lives too because I served 22 years. So like I said, if you're a racist and you're going to do something, it's already in your heart. You just put that uniform on and you really brought it out. You're going to get caught. So everybody, just take time. Take a deep breath. Try to relax. Be careful. Amen. Well, well said. Thank you so much. So now say hi to Bobby Jones for me, too, because you know I love me some Bobby Jones. All right, now something that we normally don't do, uh, but because she's family, we're going to let her in uh, to give her hello and goodbyes, I guess. Let's bring in the notorious Momo B. Good morning and goodbye, uh, Momo. What's going on? Good morning. <laughs> no, good morning and goodbye, me. I, I, I had a couple of men that did that to me before. It didn't turn out well. Okay. All righty. Thank you. <laughs> yes, hey, Momo B., what's your final thought? What's your first and final thoughts? Oh, okay. Jesus. My first and final thought, I was just, you know, peeping in. And I don't, I, I have many questions, and I don't have many answers, and I think that was always going to be the case. We all got questions about all this shooting and killing the kids and all this stuff. It's never going to be answered because it's all in the, the mind of the people who's doing the shooting. I don't know what this man is thinking. I don't know what side of the bed he woke up on. I don't know none of that. Nobody knows except for the man. But I know if I was a police officer, I would feel very bad about shooting somebody, especially a kid, an unarmed kid. It's not like you were in a chase and you chasing somebody who done murdered three people and you on it. No, you just went to the scene of something and you want to kill somebody? I would feel awful. Like, I definitely haunt me. I even feel bad about the people I fight and beat up. I be feeling bad about that in the middle of the night. Oh, I'm like, God. oh my God. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah, I bet you do. I bet you do. I feel bad. 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 I
Yes, yeah, you stand with a knife and a fork. Those guys, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Everything I do at the middle of the night, I come home and I think about it. I'm like, dang. I should have done that. The people that you did it to are thinking about it too, Momo. Yeah, don't forget that. They're thinking about it too. Momo, hold, you just hold on. We have three minutes left. We got to get everybody to say goodbye. You just stand fast for a second. Let me get. All right, hurry up because we have three minutes left, woman. Okay, listen to me. My thing is. Look, I got a um, my children's father. I got two children by the same father. And the next time he comes to my house, I'm gonna call the police. I'm gonna wait to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Momo B. Good God! All right, uh, Johnny D, man, give me your okay, final thoughts. Oh my lord! Yeah. Jesus Christ! Uh, I'll be waiting what, what, patiently. What? <laughs> you know, go ahead, Johnny, man. Jaded. This really needs to be a a a, a part two uh, to to this type of dialogue here because it is so serious. Uh, it's 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 a social move thing going on out there where I think it's a lot of misconceptions that that those individuals that that wear the badge and the uniform are anti African American, anti minority, and that's just simply not the case. Um, and 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 the majority of the time, like I say, you you got bad and unprofessional and uncommitted people in every profession. You know, the thing is, is that when, when people fill out the application, they put their qualifications on there. So you hire for the qualifications, not the character. And those things are what you can't outrun. So you'll get in there and you can pretend all day that, hey, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. But eventually mm-hmm. your character will come through. Training yes. certainly is going to be an element. You know, I've, I've, I've got five points. Um, to, 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 to police reform and law enforcement judicial reform, of which I won't speak about it today. Um, I, I've been talking to, to some of to, to some of my, my, my brethren up in that Elizabeth City area with, with Brother Andrew Brown, and um, hopefully uh, the video uh, that and, and, and the video and body cam information will be released. Of course, North Carolina has repressive and suppressive laws. Uh, back in 2016, the governor signed legislative because of another African American male that was killed. Where it, only if you are in the video can you request it. So, from a judicial standpoint, you got to go through the court systems and things like that. So, you know, there'll be there'll be some things uh, coming out um, on, on on you know. Coming up soon, I'm going to be speaking to a, to a youth group, and these are some of the topics that I'm going to be discussing about the interaction with police. But it is about doing something. So, again, I thank everybody for allowing me an opportunity to be part of the contributors in this forum on the serious side. Thank all those individuals who allow us to come into your home and speak, regardless of whether or not you agree with our, our discussion and our, our point of view. And lastly, um, in, in regards to uh, the young lady, Miss Bryant, uh, one of the questions that, that I, I, I leave people with, you know, I've been asked a lot, but I want to leave people with, and, and I always say, you know, if, if that had been a, a, a bearded white male, would your, and that was your daughter, would your sentiment be different in regards to the, how the police handled that? Well, as you can hear, 
usually the sound is when the music increases. That means we're off the live air. So we're off the air. Don't worry about it. We're off the air live. And uh, people who listen uh, through iTunes and all that stuff, they're getting the full show. All right. We're going to leave here. Uh, I agree. I think we should have a part two. And uh, if Officer Watson is willing to come back next week, we'll do it again. Same time, same back channel. So thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. And Johnny D, you're going to have the uh, distinct pleasure of taking us out of here. So. If it's okay. Sunday, well, I tell you what, I, I, and we're talking I serious know. stuff. If it's Sunday, we're well, talking well. serious stuff. It is the serious side of the Jay Ryle show. Look at that guy there. He's a radio professional. So for Johnny D, for Vanessa, for, for Jackie, for our uh, officer, for Officer Watson for hanging out with us. Thank you so much. I'm Jay Rowe. Said, make it a wonderful weekday and work weekend. If you remember, for Sunday, we're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side. God bless. We'll see you guys next week. Take care.